0: powerful grace that's made the difference in my life. And I'm not depending on anything else but you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace will get us through. Your grace will bring us all the way. Thank you, Jesus, that our chains are gone. We've been set free. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for being in Bible studies tonight. We welcome Everyone that's in person and those that are watching or listening online, we thank you for joining us at Mission Point tonight. Amen. And we just came off of a, an incredible weekend uh, at our camp meeting. What powerful, powerful preaching. I will just tell you if you did not make it to camp meeting, you missed it. You absolutely missed it. And uh, we had great, great teaching by Dr. Hughes in the mornings and powerful preaching by Brother Graham at night. Amen. I thank God for the power and the authority of His Word. And um, everyone that was there, I think you could ask them, and they would um, respond in a similar fashion of what we're saying tonight. Just great, great services. Amen. And those who went, thank you for being faithful to the house of the Lord. Amen on uh, our camp. Amen. We're going into Bible studies tonight. We're going to be talking about our privilege of our relationship with God. It is a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege. I'm thankful for the privilege I have of knowing Him. And uh, I don't want to ever lose the understanding of that privilege. God does not owe me anything. He doesn't. I'm thankful for the privilege Of knowing him. So we're taking our text tonight from Exodus 19 and uh, we'll read verse 5 and verse 6. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. And in holy nation, these are the words with which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And so what you have here is the Lord um, giving words to Moses and telling him, uh, making it clear that he desires to have a relationship with His people. He has always desired to have a relationship with His people. And who is his people? Anyone who desires to follow him, amen, can become a disciple of him. We're all on a journey. None of us have arrived. No one, has, no one has got to a place in their walk with God yet that you can say you've arrived. We're all on a journey. And we're all developing a relationship with the Lord. And so when we talk about relationships, there's a lot of things that happen in life um, that sometimes you come in contact with people who uh, you're maybe privileged to develop relationships with and 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 sometimes we don't even recognize uh, the privileges that we develop with people around us until uh, maybe later on and and uh, we become familiar maybe with their background or or uh, their goals in life or their talents in life. And, and sometimes our greatest opportunities of relationships are, are people we didn't even know uh, a number of years ago. And all of a sudden, we became acquainted with people. And, um, and, and because of those relationships that you develop and you work uh, hard at doing, and no matter how difficult that is, obviously, we want to uh, create and build relationships. Most, uh, most often, it takes it takes a lot of work and effort, but these are things that God wants us to do with each other and because of our relationship with Him. If you look at some examples um, in, in our society, uh, former uh, Apple uh, CEO, Steve Jobs, maybe you've heard of him. He, he um, became a mentor to um, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the owner of Facebook. Before he ever became that owner, he became a mentor to uh, Mark Zuckerberg, and, and, and only finding out later now how large Facebook has become uh, around the world. These are people of influence. You can look at the former U.S. Senator John Glenn, and, and uh, uh, he was mentored by, uh, by a, a high school um, a teacher and... Uh, even though he became a senator, he, he had a mentoring that, uh, of a teacher that just spoke into his life, that just took time and said, you know what, I'm going to impart some knowledge into this person. And they, they had no idea what they would become, who they would become. But you, had, you have individuals who are what we would see as having maybe status in society. It didn't start that way. It didn't start that way. Well, it's no different with the children of Israel. Um, they were offered the privilege of having a relationship with God. God desired to, uh, for them to be his chosen people. God desires for each of us to be part of his chosen people. He, he doesn't want anyone to be left out. He wants everyone to feel like they have that relationship with him. And we see the blueprint through Scripture where he uses the children of Israel for that example. Listen, this is how you can have relationship with God. And he has desired that from the beginning of time. But that comes with something. How do I create a relationship with God? Someone you can't see. And most often, we don't hear in an audible voice. You're you're not sending God a text. And you probably didn't receive an email from Him today. So, how do we develop a relationship with a living God that you can't see in person? Um, The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 but without faith, It is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This verse emphasizes the requirement of faith in order to have a relationship with God. One must believe first that there is a God. You can't have a relationship with God if you don't believe there is a God. You, uh, you, you must understand that he is the almighty God. There is only one God. And his name is Jesus. And anyone who tells you different, you should not listen to. The Bible is very clear. God manifested himself in flesh. Came as man so that he could die on behalf of you and I. When you read in Scripture and they call his name Jesus, Emmanuel, it simply is stated very clearly, God with us. Not gods, not multiple people, God with us. And so that, that first thing that must happen is your faith that God exists. Even if you don't understand everything about him, does not mean that he does not exist. There's lots of things I don't understand about God. Lots of things. And um, his ways are above our ways, and his thoughts are above our thoughts, but that does not change the fact that he is God and does exist. So the Scripture that I read to you indicates that you and I can diligently seek him. So that means action is required for us to obtain that relationship with him it's more than just believing that there is a god what what happens is faith becomes active and active faith causes you to believe that causes you to respond god what is it that would help my relationship with you grow every one of us are in the same same scenario we just want our relationships with God to grow amen that's where we're at God my my approach to him today is what can I do today God that would help my relationship grow with you I want my faith to be active I I, I believe in you but I want it to be more than just a belief I want my faith to be active God, I want to talk to you as my best friend. I want to share my concerns with you. I want you to speak through my spirit, my heart, where you impress into me things that I can improve. Need any improving? Only half of the people. Faith is demonstrated. Faith in action lives out in a positive and a trusting obedience from our heart where we're energized by the power of his spirit. Faith brings us into a relationship with God and solidifies that relationship that even though we don't have everything figured out and we don't know everything about God, we're learning him. Can I tell you that I didn't have everything figured out about, about my little woman when I first met her either. I've learned a lot of things about her in the last 34 years. Plus two years of dating. You don't learn everything in dating either. Now, dating's. What are you shaking your head for, Don? You agree? Oh, good. He's over there agreeing. You don't learn, you don't know everything. I didn't know everything about her, I've been learning things about her. For the last 34 years it's a relationship growth well why would we think that we would know everything about God in the first six months year ten years no, he, he's, so, he's so incredibly, uh, his knowledge and, and and the power and the authority of the relationship we have with him. It's impossible to know all things, but I want my faith to be increased so I, I get to know him more. Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in his sufferings. And so this... This faith aspect is a requirement for our relationship with God to be in effect. And and the people of Israel, they were weak in that. I'll show you. The people of Israel demonstrated some immaturity and a weak faith. Uh, I mean, they, they had just crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. The waters separated, and they walked across on dry ground, And Pharaoh's army was decimated, and it's shortly after the congregation is murmuring against Moses and Aaron because they say this in Exodus 16 and 3. They cited that they sat by flesh pots and and did eat bread to the full while in Egypt. And here we are in the wilderness, and we don't have enough to eat. Now, just think about it. Think about how miraculous their crossing of the Red Sea was and the destruction of the enemy who was trying to kill them. And within a very short time, they forget that God who could do that is the same God that could take care of their temporary needs. And they, they were weak in their faith and immature in their thinking. And, and so the Lord chose... Uh, to be merciful and he sent quail to cover the camp in the evening and, and he introduced manna in the morning and, and, and he gave them the quantities that they were to have for a daily serving and, and anything un, unauthorized outside of those quantities, the, the Bible says it began to stink, full of worms. Anything more than the daily allotment to, other than the Sabbath day caused them to fall into unbelief. Isn't it interesting how humanity is? When's the last time you've seen the ground covered with manna and with quail, ready for you to pick up to make sure you had lots to eat? If it happened today, they got wet. And yet, within a very short time, less than a week, there well we better I know he told us not to gather for the Sabbath but we got to have something we better gather on the Sabbath too no no just gather enough for today just enough for today gather enough for the Sabbath went and yet they did not listen at times and because of not listening they fell into unbelief I mean there's manna and quail coming from heaven and yet there's still there's still this faith issue that God could take care of them folks it hasn't changed it has not changed God can perform and, and, and do a miracle in our lives and bring us out of darkness into His marvelous light, transform our lives, keep us on the straight and narrow, heal our bodies, protect us, uh, amen, give us uh, the blessings of life that He's provided for us, and, and all of a sudden we get ourselves in a dilemma and we wonder where God is. Our relationship with God is more than just the frivolous. Our relationship with God is built on faith and God wants us to have that faith to trust him regardless of life's circumstances there's there's a lot that happens in people's lives that's called life it's not based on being fair life is not fair but God never promised that life would be fair God promised that your relationship with him would be secure Amen. You have the promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He he knows the very hair that is on your head. He knows he's got them numbered. Some people keep him busy, losing them. Faith is... That believing that you can trust in God no matter what the world says. It's the conducting of our lives in a responsible and a forthright manner where we believe that, that our, uh, the Lord will take care, conduct to his ethical, biblical guidelines, promises of his word that you're going to be okay. Folks, that's a wonderful thing in knowing that your relationship with him Is secure see life is full of unanswered questions and uncertainty and we can choose to fill those unanswered questions and uncertainty with beliefs that are conducive to biblical faith or we can fill them with those blanks with fear and anxiety and expectation and expecting the worst I just have to tell you I refuse to live that way I refuse to live under the umbrella of fear and expecting the worst in every situation. No, I want to put my trust in God that my relationship with Him is no matter if it even works out the way I desire, I know He's got my best interest at heart. That's the relationship. Because, folks, relationship with God is not always going to be the way you think it should be. My way is not the right way. His way is always the right way. Always. And so he, he um, if we're not careful, we get caught up in our past, and we get caught up in the history of, of the trauma of our past and, and, and Being neglected in our past and adversity of our past and and all of a sudden we're caught up that we're caught in a trap that we can't get out of and we wonder how is it possible for my life to change well let me tell you tonight there's only one possibility and that possibility is your relationship with Jesus Christ I have never regretted the day that I decided to have a relationship with him life has not been perfect And it still has its challenges, but I have someone to take me by the hand and walk me right through those challenges. He's been that way before. There's nothing that you and I go through that he doesn't already know about. He already knows the right route. He already knows the right direction. He already knows the right plan. He's already got the right answer. He's not surprised by you and my dilemmas. He's not. That faith that you have in God establishes a history of prayer answering events in our lives where we can catalog those those events and say these are moments in my life that I had no idea what was going to happen but God stepped in and my faith in him changed the situation I'm here tonight just to share with you how important that relationship with him is listen you can't start by knowing all things but you can start by having a relationship with him where you put your faith and trust in him and how powerful that becomes. And when you're filled with his spirit, right, Danielle? She got the Holy Ghost at camp. Amen. When you're filled with his spirit, something transforms inside of you and he takes up resident in your life. Thank God for the power of his spirit. And you and I can trust him at all times. At all times. Listen, we can trust God with our hearts, with our most intimate needs. Uh, uh, He's already satisfied, folks. Uh, Everything that needed to be taken care of at Calvary, he took care of that. He has got everything under control. It all comes down to whether I want to have a relationship with him or not. That's what it comes down to. We are safe to give our lives and hearts to him. What does that phrase mean? We use jargon sometimes in Pentecost. I'm giving my life and my heart to him. It's like, oh, I'm going to lose myself. <laughs> no, your personality, you're, that's who you are. Okay? It's, it's your priorities change in life. Your focus changes. You, you, you're not... You're, you're going to be you. You're still going to be flesh. You don't become all of a sudden angel with wings. That's, that, that does not happen, okay? I, I know that people like to talk about that, but that's not what you become when you get filled with the Spirit. You don't become angelic. You're still you, but there's a, there's a part of you that just His Spirit starts to speak through your life this is the nudging of the direction I'd like you to go and something happens where all of a sudden you you find yourself making positive choices yeah your life all of a sudden the priorities change and what used to be important is not as important anymore and all of a sudden you find yourself in his word And you find yourself spending some time in prayer. And you find yourself in the house of God. And you find yourself in the presence of God. And that relationship starts to be created. Now, I have to tell you, we just went over uh, the date when I started dating my little woman. June the 29th, 36 years ago, is when I started dating her. And uh, it was at camp meeting, which is interesting. Wonderful things happen at camp meeting. And something happened. I, I remember the first night I sat with her in church. I do. It was pouring rain. It was. It was pouring rain. It always rains at camp meeting. It was pouring rain. And I, I don't have any idea what the preacher preached. I don't remember being impacted at all, unfortunately, by the message. I'm just telling you the truth. The only thing that was on my mind is, is there a chance that I will get to see her next weekend? No, that's the truth. That's the very truth. Listen, I didn't have a, I didn't have a car. I was dependent upon people. And I told you this story the first time I ever went to see her, my mother went with me. I told you that. It's an embarrassing moment of life. And for the next two years, only two weekends out of the next two years did I not get to see her, and both of them were her fault. She was on corral trips at the Bible college, and I, I wasn't allowed to go and so I didn't get to see her so there's only two weekends out of two years you know I wanted to spend time with her I wanted to get to know her I wanted to understand her well that's the natural listen when you when you fall in love with Jesus you just want to spend time with him. You don't want there to be a time period where you don't get to talk to him and spend time with him. And I can assure you, he wants to spend time with you all the time. This is a relationship, folks, that just starts to grow and increase and become so amazing. You can trust him at all times. He won't manipulate you. He won't exploit you. He won't highlight your weaknesses. That's not that's not the God you're serving. He doesn't say, I told you so, and I didn't think you'd make it, and I knew you'd fall. That's not how he acts. That's not how he talks. He's always in a beckoning, drawing you closer. He's always wanting you to have a greater relationship. He's wanting his word to become more real. He's wanting your time in prayer to become uh, a more personal. You don't have to pray to God in the King James Version. And I believe in, in the reading. It's the most accurate. But I don't pray to him that way. I make up just as many words when I'm praying to God as I do when I'm preaching. Sometimes when you're praying, you might even be frustrated. But he understands you. He's desiring relationship with you. You can tell him exactly how you feel and it not be held against you. What a powerful relationship i'm talking about a faith that takes you from believing to action to demonstration that says oh god i just want to trust you with everything that's happening in my life see every stage of israel's respect in exodus 19 there was challenges that came there's always going to be challenges you go back to Israel and God's people, Mount Sinai was a stage to develop a respect and take their relationship to the next level. And and, and it's at this stage of development that the Lord, he, he gives them some clear direction of what to do and what not to do and how to do it. And He gives them very clear direction. And guess what? They don't always follow it. But it does not change his desire for relationship. Look at the Scripture I read you. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. Above all people, he's talking about all the ones who don't desire to have relationship. He doesn't say you're more special than his people. He's, he's, he's comparing it to people who have relationship and people who don't. You become a peculiar treasure to him. That's a unique treasure. That's not a cookie cutter Christian. That's you, the way he created you in his image. Oh, he refines us. We might, we might talk a little different at times than we used to. We'll act a little different. We'll respond a little different than maybe we used. He refines us but he's not interested in you being someone else. He's already created you the way you are. And so he desires that relationship. And so he's talking about that. And when you come to the New Testament, he talks about it in the sense of a new covenant. This is, this is what the Old Testament, Old Covenant was. These are the instructions. These are the guidelines. And sometimes they had trouble following it. And, and you come to the New Testament, and he talks about a new covenant, a new relationship that that provides a closeness with God, and that's founded in how Jesus died for you and I. You can't earn it. You can't get good enough to, to get God. None of us will ever get good enough. You can't buy it. You can't sustain it some way by how many things you accomplish in life. He's not, he's not impressed in all the stuff I try. No, he's only desiring one thing, for me to fall in love with him, relationship with him. And understand that he's already paid the price for that relationship. And he would, he, he, can I tell you this? He's not in a game of hide and seek. Well, I'm going to try to trick them so they can't find me. I'm going to really make them search for me this time. You ever play hide and seek with a kid and you didn't find them fast enough on purpose? And before you know it, they're, um, they're, they're still hiding, but they're saying, I'm in here. I'm in here. You haven't found them fast enough on purpose, and they're telling you where they are. There's no hide-and-seek with God. He's in the open. He wants you to find him. He's saying, I'm here. I'm right here. My my desire is for you to find me. He's not trying to hide from you and say, well, if you qualify, then I'll... No, God's desire is for you to have a relationship with Him just because you believe in Him and it causes you to act upon it. That action will cause you to give yourself to Him in repentance. Where your humanity nature, that sin nature of the past where He's not intimidated by your past. You know, He's already paid for it. His Precious blood that he shed at Calvary already covers it. Listen, all you have to do is come to him and say, listen, God, I'm giving all that to you. And he allows his his wonderful grace, his precious blood to cover, forgive, remit your past. Washed away in that powerful act of, of being baptized in his precious name for the remission of sins, the Bible says. The Bible is very clear. There's only one way to be baptized. You can search the scripture high and low. People were only baptized one way. It was by water, by immersion in Jesus name. If you can show me anywhere else in the scripture where they were baptized as individuals different than that, I'd love to see it but of all the years that we have searched, no other way. The Bible's very clear. You're baptized into Christ by baptism. Now, what the wonderful thing is, if you've been baptized another way, you just need to be rebaptized. That's what happened in Acts 19. I mean, they come across people who have been baptized some other way, and they said, You know, ha- have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Oh, we don't know if there is such a thing. What do you mean you don't know if there is such a thing? How, how you been baptized? Well, we've been baptized under John's baptism. Oh. There wasn't a condemnation. He just said, we can do this right. <laughs> no disrespect to the past, but let's get it right. And immediately after that happened, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit into their lives. Amen. There's something powerful that happens, folks, in baptism. He washes away the past. Doesn't matter how it's happened before. What's important is that it's done the right way. That helps you build that relationship with God in a powerful way. That's the new covenant. Old Covenant, I mean, they were sacrificing animals and had to be done a certain way and certain animals for certain things at certain times. Folks, that's, that's been completed. He became the one sacrifice once and for all. I mean, if you go back to the Old Testament, the priests had to sacrifice for themselves before they could sacrifice for you. Because they were sinners. They're coming and bringing their own sacrifice. They're trying to get their own lives right before they help you get yours right. Well, the wonderful thing about the Lord is he was sinless. He didn't have to have a sacrifice for him. He was the sacrifice. And he offered himself for you that all the rest is taken care of thank the Lord for the faith that you and I can have in him see the benefits that we enjoy in this new covenant we enjoy a more complete and a fulfilling relationship with God because he lives inside of us the Bible says he writes his commandments not on stone he writes it on the tables of our heart let me tell you what happens when you have his spirit in your life it's, it, it kind of illuminates to you things that are not quite right. Listen, when, I, when I'm not talking right to my little woman, she doesn't even have to tell me. If I will just listen, <laughs> the Spirit lets me know that that wasn't right. That's not how you do it. You're going to have to fix this. Oh, that happened. Let me tell you. Oh, I'll tell you about this one. Did she go out? She went out. This happened many years ago. We were living in Bathurst at the time. And I don't know why it's so famous for to have arguments on the way to church. It seems like they're the easiest time to have a discussion. And so we had one of those discussions. And, you know, I'm pretty adamant in my personality. And, and so I don't even remember what it was over. It doesn't have to be over anything sensible. Most of them are not over anything sensible. When you stop and look back, you think, you know, really doesn't matter if that was that color blue or not. Like, usually they don't happen over something sensible. And so we got to church, and I was on music that day. I was playing the keyboard. And I went to the keyboard, and I thought, now I'm going to lead this church in worship." Yeah, right. I'm not leading this church in worship. I've got a bad attitude and I've got a bad spirit and I just talked improperly to my little woman and so I just felt checked in my spirit if you're going to lead this church and worship you better get down there off of this platform and make it right with her first down off the platform in a humiliated form I knew it was only. oh she just came back in she come back in for the good part There was no sense of me singing with a bad attitude or a bad spirit. My relationship wasn't right. Listen, God will impress into your spirit when things are not quite the way they should be. That's the power of his presence, the power of his spirit. That's that's how incredible this relationship is now listen sometimes it takes a day or two for some people but it usually it gets through if people are honest with themselves so it it makes a more complete and a fulfilling relationship where our lives are affected by the power of a spirit in our heart we're no longer confined folks to animal sacrifice for temporary forgiveness No, the full and final sacrifice of Jesus Christ has authorized us to an unlimited relationship with him. For as long as you live, you can have relationship with him. He's never trying to get out of relationship with you. He's only trying to make it grow. He doesn't get bored with you. He doesn't trade you in. No, he doesn't take you for granted. No, this relationship you have with God, he's, he's got you on, I mean, he, you're, you're high on his chart. He is absolutely in love with you. Yeah. And thirdly, we enjoy a relationship with God based upon love and respect, and it's not confined to just some law he wants us to please him follow him but it's not just based upon a do and don't does there is there instruction given to us well yes but he's not basing your relationship only on a do and don't he wants you to grow the Bible says not if you fall The Bible says, when you fall. He already knows I'm going to make mistakes, but if I just get back up again and say, God, I want to fix this, I want to get it back to where it should be, that's what he desires. Listen, women marry men hoping they can change them. Men marry women hoping they never change. And neither one of those things is true. That's in the natural. I'm a work in progress in serving God. I have not arrived. Oh, I've got to come to a close. See, God called this covenant with him, he called it an holy nation. And you can can read in Peter, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation. He's he's got you all figured out. This relationship with him, I mean, you talk about how awesome you are to God that he would show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Does that sound like a God that's kind of disappointed with you? No, it's the opposite. You're you're so important and special to him. When he calls you a peculiar people, that's not in a negative way. He calls you in holy nation, there's nothing negative about that. No, no. When he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, nothing negative about that. All the barriers came down, folks. Amen. Everything everything in your life that wasn't towards God, starts switching. That's why it's called a transformation. That's why it's a work in progress I'm not all of a sudden here in life and then here in life it's a day-by-day walk with God where he brings me on a journey and that journey is I'm aiming towards him I just want to be more like him and that faith in that relationship with him helps me grow it's not dependent upon you my relationship is not dependent upon you as much as I like you It's not dependent upon you. It's upon me and God. If I want to grow in Him, I get to grow in Him. If I become stale in Him, it's not your fault. It's not. My walk with Him is not based upon you and whether you like me and don't like me and none of that. My walk with Him is based upon I've got my eye on Him, my focus is on Him. I'm in love with him, and he is in love with me. Thank God for that incredible spirit. See, we have this unique privilege, and it's a privilege, church, that the new covenant to live a a life of faith by walking in his spirit. And uh, he allows that image that he's created you in, amen, just to be created more like him. See, The Bible says Jesus was the image of the invisible God. The fullness of God manifested itself in him, and now he's desiring to be manifested in you. He wants your life. Listen, today's technology offers us the opportunity to engage with loved ones through email and text and telephone contact and audiovisual apps and All that stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I don't even know what what it all does. But none of that compares to being face-to-face, in person, with the person. You can send as many texts as you want. It doesn't compare. And that longing. And so there's no substitute, no substitute for you engaging in that spirit God relationship and you're developing that why not just so that you can have an easy life here no because you're wanting to be with him for eternity I want my relationship with him to be right here so that I can live with him forever folks that's not a myth that's not a fairy tale that's Bible he's coming back for his People, His people, which are called by his name, who he's called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, I'm out of time. I better stop. Why don't we stand? I encourage you tonight, if you've never developed a relationship with him, I would start right away. Say, God, here, here I am this is this is who I am and this is what I have to offer he's got no expectation other than your desire to be in relationship with him and that faith aspect causes you to believe and believing causes you to respond God here I am can you take away that past forgive me of everything that's happened in my life no matter when And where and to who God I need your forgiveness and I want to take on your beautiful name in baptism and allow that to be cleansed and washed from my life and would you renew me in your spirit I want to begin that communication with you on a daily basis God I thank you for every person that's here right now and God I pray every individual that's in this room, watching or listening online. God, I pray the information that has been shared tonight that's so valuable about our walk with you. It's so important, God. Nothing is greater than our relationship with you. We're thankful for relationships with each other and family and friends and all of that, and that's wonderful for the temporal. But, God, our relationship with you is eternal. And God, I'm praying that someone, even tonight, God, would begin that great relationship with you and saying, here I am, God. I just give myself to you. I let my life, God, be, Lord, what you desire it to be. Would you direct my steps? Would you guide my path? God, would you allow your word to speak into my life? Would you let your presence take up resonant in my heart? God, would you just allow my relationship with you to grow? The sincerity of someone's desire tonight will cause that to happen because of your faith in Him. Let your blessing be upon your people, we pray. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God laid into my spirit for today what we have spoken. Somebody just needed to hear that He desires for you to know Him. Thank you for being in Bible study tonight, for joining us at Mission Point. Be faithful to the house of the Lord for prayer on Friday and be in services on Sunday. We're expecting a great day in the Lord. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.